Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. You know, that church is meant to be fun. I'm telling you, some of us have grown up in, in a background where it was stiff and starchy and religious and, and we, we laughed and we cut up in the parking lot. We told jokes and the moment we walked into the sanctuary, we got all prim and proper because that's where God is. Well, how many of you know God's on the inside of you? And the Bible says that God, it, it literally says in the, the book of Psalms, it says that God rejoices over you. So that means that God brightens up. It means that he leaps up around and down around the throne. And it actually means that he spins around. He dances. He gets excited about you. You thought God was so prim and proper. Man, he gets jiggy with it up on the throne. Amen. Now some of you, that even messes with your theology right now. Thinking, I can't believe you're saying that God gets jiggy with it. He does. He loves you and he enjoys you having a good time in church. And whoever said that the world was the one that's supposed to have the fun? The church ought to be the one setting the example of what living life truly is all about. Right? And so, man, I'm just hoping that through this summer months or these summer, this summer series, if you will, that we can just learn how to let our hair down. If you don't have hair, we'll get some plugs for you or something that you can let down. Man, because we're going to purpose to love God, love people, and love life. And just purpose to get better at it every time we come together. Amen? Amen. Well, let's just jump right into this this morning. Uh, there's several things that I want to share with you. And, and, and maybe you're here and you've been, you've been struggling with some things in your life. I'm going to give you some tools this morning that will help put you over in life. To help you become the success, the person that God has designed you to be. Now, just with that being said, obviously we're coming into summer. Summer is already upon us. But for many of us, when it came to the beginning of this year, January 1st, many of us had this idea that I'm going to, I'm going to have a New Year's resolution and I'm going to get into shape. I'm going to get this physical body looking the way that I want it to. I mean, I've said that time and time again. I've, I've said so many times Monday is going to be my day. In fact, I don't know what year it's on now. Probably five or six years. I've been saying Monday, start new, man. Still haven't done it yet. But nevertheless, we keep setting these goals, don't we? And so maybe, just maybe, you were one of those ones that said, I'm going to set a goal to become the person that I want to be. And then maybe just when it came into the springtime, you're like, man, summer's about here, and I'm going to start getting disciplined. I'm going to start watching what I mean because I want to get into the bathing suit. I want to get into my, into my fighting shape that I used to be in. And that's, that was if we had a flashback to your conversation I'm going to get there and I'm going to do it and I'm going to get into that bathing suit. But let's move forward into present day. And we're like, dear God, I didn't do it. And what do we do? We end up looking in the mirror and we start being critical on the person that we are. Right? I wish I would have. I wish I could have. I wish I should have. And I'm just not who I want to be. I don't look the way that I want to look. In fact, for that matter, when it comes to frustration of life, the greatest fuel to frustration is unmet expectations. 
How many of you got some unmet expectations in your life? I know that I do. And I think I'm one of my worst critics. I mean, I don't need enemies. I mean, I, I can beat myself up better than you can. You know what I mean? And so uh, all of us have expectations of finding fulfillment and success in life. Success is nothing more than this, than fulfilled or fulfillment to our desires. I said success is nothing more than fulfillment of our desires. And I'm going to give you a couple things here. And we may talk about these in the weeks ahead. But just to add some, some things to think about in the next few weeks. When it comes to success, success has a price, doesn't it? Success will cost you, but the cost of failure is so much more. So how do we succeed? Well, number one, i got to have a healthy self-image. If I'm going to be successful, I've got to have a healthy self-image. And that goes to appearance, importance, and performance. And again, I don't have time to get into those things. But again, I've got to be able to see myself in the right way. Secondly, I've got to have a trained mind. What is a trained mind? A trained mind is one or a person that has a trained thought life. Do you realize that whatever you meditate will be, be the thing that shows up in your life? And most of us, self-included, are really good at meditating and thinking on the negative stuff. So we've got a purpose to have a trained mind. We've got to have focused vision. What is focused vision? That's simply discipline. If you want to set a goal, you've got to have a game plan to get there. or another, It's nothing more than just a dream. And then lastly, the people that you surround yourself with. Now again, I'm not going to get into all those, but it goes to a little bit as to what I'm going to say. In regards to this past week, if you know, we were on vacation. And we got to take our kids to Michigan Adventure. And there's the one side of Michigan Adventure where they have all the rides. And then there's the other side where it's the water park. Well, when it comes to going to the water park, you know, my wife and I were very modest. And uh, I guess there's nothing to be unmodest about. It's like, cover me up. I don't want people seeing all this, man. You know what I mean? Because I don't feel comfortable. I mean, I wear a shirt in the dark, man. It's because I, you know what I mean? But, you know, when you go to Michigan Adventure and you're there with all those people in the water park, it's interesting to sit back and be a people watcher. Right? Because as you start watching people, you can start to see people that are very aware of self-image. And they strut their stuff like a peacock. In fact, my wife looked at a couple of the women and started laughing. (laughs) I remember those days. (laughs) And then there's those individuals that, as a result of just their background, I mean, they're just, they're just, they're not caring. But again, the interesting thing is, is that those Those environments create an opportunity for all kinds of people of all different backgrounds, all different ethnic, cultural, racial, whatever, coming together. And just by watching people, you can begin to see whether they have a positive or a negative self-image of themselves, can't you? And so when it comes to having a positive self-image, we've got to begin to see things the way God sees things. To know that God has made us for success. That God has made us for a purpose. In 1 John chapter 5 verse 4. It says this. It says for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Everybody say our faith. 
So notice what he says here. This is. What is this? The thing that overcame the world. Well, what is this? The this is our faith. This is what overcomes the world. Our faith. So in that verse there, we see a couple things. That one, one translation says this, that it is the only way that the world has ever been overcome through faith. One translation says this, all who have received the new life from God conquers this world. When you receive Christ into your life, God makes you an overcomer. When God comes into your life, when you receive Christ, God makes you a winner. And too often times we're looking in the mirror and seeing the person that we wish we could be, should be, and we're meditating on all the things that we don't see or don't like about ourselves, and we fail to see, and the Bible says this, that the Word of God is a mirror of God's heart as to who you are. And God desires for us to begin to see ourselves the way He sees us. And He says, I have made you to be a conqueror. I have made you to be a winner. Whatever you put your hand to, you win. Whatever you do, I made you to conquer. But once again, we walk around with this deflated and deflated mentality and this stature and posture about ourselves. When you know who God made you to be, you put your shoulders back and you can walk into a room with confidence because you know what God has done and what God has put in you. Another translation says it this way, and I really like this. He says, for whoever's been born of God overcomes the world. One translation says it this way. Anyone who has been refathered by God overcomes the world. I like that. The individual that receives Christ has been refathered by God. In the Gospel of John, Jesus speaks 125 times of his father. And in one place, Jesus says, my father is greater than all. Now, once again, I realize that we look in the mirror and we say, well, I didn't have a daddy. Or my daddy was a creep. My daddy abused me. My daddy did this, did that. I, I, didn't, I didn't have a silver spoon in my mouth. I had a plastic windy spoon. I didn't have, have a, a side of the track that was, was uh, showing favor and giving me favor in my life. He, you know, I lived on the side of the road that was dog eat dog. I don't care what your background was. I don't care what you were born out of or born into. The moment that you receive Christ, the Bible says that you have been refathered. And your father is greater than all. You have a good, good father. He loves you and he cares about you. And we got a purpose to understand who we are in Christ. If you knew how good God was and how much he loved you, you would begin to identify with what God says about you. That you're a victor, not a victim. You're overcoming, not being overcome. Amen? And if you knew how good God was as a father and that whatever my life before now has ever looked like when I received Christ, I have been refathered and I'm in the greatest family that there ever was. You would never be able to 
accuse God of child abuse. Because he takes care of his kids. Well, what did he say? How did he say that we overcome? How did he say that we have a victorious life? How did he say that we have success? How is it that he says we have fulfillment and contentment in this life? By faith. You overcome. You're victorious because you've been refathered. But as a result of that, you can have faith in God. And it is this faith that overcomes the world. Amen? So, in Romans chapter 4, you've got faith. If you're a child of God, the Bible says that you have faith. So, let's look at this faith that we have. Romans chapter 4, starting in verse 12, it says, And the father, speaking of Abraham, he says, And the father of circumcision to those who not only are of the circumcision, but who also walk in the steps of faith, which our father Abraham had while still uncircumcised. Now notice what that says. Let's stop for just a moment. It says, but who also... He's talking about the circumcision and the uncircumcision. Concerning Bible terms, he's talking about the Jew and the Gentile. He said, whether circumcised or uncircumcised, you have now become a part of the body of Christ. And as a result, the Bible says that we should walk in the steps of the faith which our father Abraham had when he was still uncircumcised. Now notice what it goes on to say in verse 13. For the promise that he would be the heir of the world, was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void and the promise made of no effect. Verse 16, therefore, it is of faith that you might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed. So notice, he didn't just say there was a promise made to Abraham. He said there was a promise that was made to Abraham and his seed. And the Bible just told us there that Abraham is the father of all. And he said that there were steps of faith that Abraham took. And he says, now, you walk the steps of faith that Abraham did. And when you do, the promise that was made to Abraham will also be granted to you. Are you tracking with me? All right. He goes on to say, not only to those who are of the law, but also those who are of the father Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of him who believed God. So... He said, God says in his word, that there are steps of faith. And he said that if you want to know the steps of faith that overcome, that make you a success, walk in the steps of Abraham. And if you'll walk in the steps or do what Abraham did, the promises will come into your life because your heirs and your seed and your descendants of Father Abraham. You tracking with me? All right. So concerning these steps, 
If he says to walk in these steps, if the steps worked for Abraham, these steps will work for you. In fact, let me remind you of Mark 11. Mark 11, 23 and 24. If you remember, Jesus said to his disciples concerning the fig tree, he says, have faith in God. You remember they asked him, how is it that you curse the fig tree and it obeyed you? He says, have faith in God. His first response to his disciples was, how do you do this? He says, have faith. How did you get that to listen to you? He said, have faith. He says, have faith in God. And then verse 23, he says, For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. So when it comes to faith, faith works for whoever, and it works for whatever. Obviously, if it lines up with the Word of God, obviously. Are you tracking with me? How is it that we live a life of success? How is it that we grow and begin to find fulfillment and contentment? We walk it out by faith because God says, you've got faith on the inside of you. Amen? Am I, am I preaching over your head? Are you hearing me? Are you tracking? All right. So it says faith will work for whoever and it will work on whatever. And Romans chapter 12 verse 3 says this. That God has dealt to every believer a measure of faith. Now I know that there's some individuals in here that are, are they, 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 they like playing euchre. Some may like playing poker. I don't know. They're, they're card games. But there is the dealer that deals you a hand, right? And if you've ever played cards, there is a hand that when you look at it, you're like, man, I was dealt a good hand. The Bible says that God deals or dealt to each individual believer a measure of faith. So God has never dealt you a bad hand. So in other words, faith that God dealt you, put on the inside of you, is the same faith that overcomes, make you victorious, living this life with success and triumph. The question is, is what are you doing with the faith that you got on the inside? What are you doing with it? Because it's in there. If you're saying, I'm just barely getting by, it's like, well, well, all right then, you're not using that faith. God put faith in you because God said he would make you a success. He'd make you victorious. He'd make you an overcomer. If you're feeling sorry for yourself, then that tells me the faith that God dealt you is just laying there. Right? If you've ever played euchre, there's a a hand where when you look at it, you're like, I'm going alone. I don't need my partner. What's he do? He lays his hand down. Why? Because you've got enough to clean the board with the hand you've been dealt. Well, if you just sit back and just say, eh, pass. Again, if you know anything about euchre. Pass, I, yeah, I don't, I, I'm not going to play. Then you don't take advantage of the hand that you've been dealt. And the Bible says that God has dealt to each individual believer a measure of faith. And that faith works. Can you say Amen. 
Alright. So walking out these steps of faith. How do I do what Abraham did? If God told me very specifically, walk out the steps of faith like the father Abraham did. And if you'll walk the steps of faith, you'll receive the promises that God made to the body of Christ. If he told you to walk the steps out, then it must be up to God's responsibility to lay the steps out before you to let you know. Right? So let's look at it. In Romans chapter 4 verse 17... Once again, it goes on to say this. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of him who believed God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did, who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since it was about a hundred years old. And the deadness of Sarah's womb. Verse 20. He did not waver at the promises of God through unbelief. But was strengthened in faith. Giving glory to God. And being fully convinced that he who had promised. He was also able to perform. And therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. In there of what I just read. Are the steps of faith. Let's look at them. Number one, the Bible says that God calls those things that be not as though they were. He called those things that be not as though they were. Remember, he said to Abraham, you are the father of many nations. You are the father of many nations. He didn't wait to say something about Abraham. In fact, he started calling and saying something about people without there ever being any evidence that it existed. And so what did Abraham do? Abraham started agreeing with God. In fact, one translation, the Bible says that Abraham started saying what God said. Remember Gideon? Gideon, that God said, sent an angel to Gideon and he says, Gideon, I've come here from God. You're a mighty man of valor. He wasn't. But God saw something in him before he saw it in himself. And God started to call or say something about somebody else of what he saw. You are a mighty man of valor. In fact, the Bible says that Gideon says, oh my God. But what did he do? Okay, God. You said I'm a mighty man of valor. Well, then what do I do? I begin to walk that out and act like God said or act like what God said was so. And then I agree with and begin to say what God said about me. See, once again, we are always looking in the mirror and saying, gosh, if I only could have, I only should have. Man, I've messed up. Man, you're 50 pounds overweight. Man, you're balding. Man, you're wrinkling. You're just all this stuff. Oh, you don't have enough money. You should have done this. And God says, it's not what you see. See what I see. Look in the right mirror and find out what I said about you because I've called you to be victorious. I've called you to be an overcomer. I've called you to be blessed. I've called you to have success. I've called you to have joy and contentment in this life. 
God saw something beyond what he saw. Aren't you glad that he didn't say to Gideon, well, you've got potential. I mean, ladies, how would that fly with you if your husband started dating you and like, there's potential. Would that cause you to be sold in, bought into the fact that he cares about you and loves you? No. You want that individual to say, man, he just knocked my socks off. You give me butterflies. Right? And God doesn't say that about you. He doesn't look at the unfinished product and say, well, there's potential in you. No, he looks at the finished product and says, I've made you to be something. You don't need somebody in your life. You don't need a man. You don't need a woman. You don't need a career. All you need to do is know who you are in Christ. That begins to set you on a course of living victory or victorious in your life. Amen? If you could change your identity, you would change your destiny. If you would begin to find out who you are, you would begin to see the world from a different vantage point. You know, our theme for today is Spirit Day and we wear our, our jerseys for baseball. So let me just give you an example that would tie in with baseball. There was a pitcher, or excuse me, there was a batter that was up to bat and the pitcher threw the ball. And it came across and the catcher caught the ball. And both the batter and the catcher are waiting for the ump to say something. And so the batter's standing there like, okay. And the catcher turns to the ump and he says, what is it, ump? And the ump says, it ain't nothing until I call it something. Right? Well, what are you calling? Are you calling those things that you see? Well, I'm a failure. I'm a mess up. I've been on the wrong side of the tracks. I didn't have a good dad. I've been, I've been a failure all my life. You'll have whatever you call. Start finding out what God said about you. Number two, when it came to Abraham, it said against hope, he hoped and he believed. So in other words, you've got to believe the impossible is possible. I said, you've got to believe the impossible is possible. Do you realize that you can't even begin to have faith if you don't have hope? There's got to be something stern on the inside of you that thinks, man, there's got to be a chance. When I asked my, my wife to go out, there was another fellow that was wanting to ask her out. And I just gave him the opportunity to ask her out first so that I could come behind and, and really sweep her off her feet. Well, he asked her out and she told him no. I asked her out and she said yes. And then afterwards, she chewed me out saying, well, I heard you just asked me out on a bet. No, baby, it wasn't a bet, man. I just wanted to bet him I could Sweet dog, you better than he can, but I really like you, baby. <laughs> Amen. There's more to that story, but <laughs> I, I, I had to have hope, exactly. If, if I didn't have hope that she would have said yes, I would have never asked her out. Right? And so many of us live life thinking it's hopeless. God says the impossible is possible with me. Can you just dare to step out on the edge and just believe me? Can you step out into the unknown and say, 
God, I trust you. It seems impossible, but I believe it's possible. Number three, the Bible says that Abraham did not consider his own body. One translation says that he considered his body and then he considered it not. What does that mean? That means all of us live this natural life and it would be foolish to say, oh, I don't ever acknowledge anything. I don't acknowledge that pain in my side. I don't acknowledge, you know, things that are going on in my life. I don't acknowledge the bank account. No, we acknowledge it. But then we turn around and say, wait a minute. Even though I consider it, I consider my God bigger. And my God is faithful. He'll bring me out of this. He'll, he'll bring to pass the promise of my life. Because I begin to see what God has called me to be. And if you recall, the Bible says that Abraham staggered not at the promises. So that tells me that Abraham had the opportunity to stagger. Let me ask you a question. How much sense does that make to stagger at the promise of God? Can God lie? No. Is God faithful? Yeah. So where does the breakdown come? Typically, it's the person that we're looking in the mirror. We question ourselves, question our ability to believe God, trust God. Looking at our failures. But when you realize how good God is, we don't have to stagger at the promise. Now, how do I keep from staggering? Just two final thoughts. The Bible says that Abraham gave glory to God. We've got to give God praise for what he said he would do. We've got to praise God, give God glory for overcoming and living a victorious life. Did I say it looks like it? No. I said we give God praise for it because we're calling something. The devil's throwing pitches at you. He's throwing baseballs at your head. And he's like, what are you going to call it? I ain't, or it ain't nothing until I call it something. What are you going to call it? I'm calling me what God says. And I'm going to give God praise. When you come to church, you might think that these people up on this platform are just there to entertain you. They're not there to entertain you. They're there to help coach you how to give glory to God. So that when you leave this place, you can lift up your voice and give praise and glory to God in the tough times of life. And let me just give you a clue. If you can't do it here, I know you don't do it at home. And I'm not being critical. I'm just saying, I just, that's just a fact. So I encourage you, learn how to give God glory in this place. Lift up your voice. Begin to say, God, you're good. God, I praise you. God, you're awesome. Amen. When you wake up in the morning... God, thank you for the day. Oh, I give you praise and I give you glory. And then there's that little voice. Well, you know what today is. Oh, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody uh, just this, this, this coming week, they're having surgery on Wednesday. It's just a minor little surgery, a little procedure. But you know what? The enemy could sit on your shoulder and like, well, you know what? You're going to go under anesthesia. You're never going to wake up. Oh, praise God. Glory to God. God, you're faithful. Don't have to worry about that little stuff. Amen. What do you choose to see in you? What do you choose to give glory to? The faults, the failures, the woulda, coulda, shouldas? Or do you give God praise and glory for who He said you are? Let's stand.
with that thought. There was a little boy that desired to be a great baseball player. He went out into the field and he would throw the ball up and he'd swing away at it and he'd miss it. He'd throw the ball up and he'd swing and he missed at it. And he did that all day long, threw the ball up and swung and missed. And his friends came out and said to him, what are you doing? said, well, I'm practicing to be the best baseball player there is. And they started watching him. They said, well, you're missing the ball every single time. And the boy stopped for a minute and he says, then I must be some great pitcher. See, it's all how you see yourself. You can camp on the failures, all the woulda, coulda, shouldas, what's not there in your life. But if you'll see who God made you to be and identify, change your identity as to how you see it in the light of how God sees it, it will change your destiny. See, many are trying to change their environment. Trying to change this, trying to change this, trying to go here, trying to go there, trying to find him, trying to find her. Until you find out who God made you to become, you will continually be frustrated. Because frustration is nothing more than unmet expectations. If you begin to know who you are in Christ, the expectations will begin to be fulfilled. Amen? Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every individual under the sound of my voice. I thank you, Father, that you have called us to have purpose. You have called us to to have success. God, so many people are trying to discover themselves, trying to find who they are. And all the while, it's right in front of us. You put it in the books and the pages of your word. So God, open up the eyes of our understanding. Help us see who we are in Christ. Because God, you have made us to be successful. You have made us to have joy. You have made us to have freedom. You have made us to be content with life and be overcomers and victorious. And for this, we give you thanks and praise. In Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said, Amen. to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life